Hey everyone, welcome to the Cornerstone Church Podcast. Our prayer is that through this message, you will find the Father, a family, and a fulfilling future. Be sure to connect with us online at Cornerstone Church Social to keep up with all things Cornerstone. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Man, it's good to be in God's presence, isn't it? It's good to have a God who we can be in his presence. It's good to have a God that we can actually approach and know he hears us and that he is listening to us. I am thankful for a present God. Hey, it it was kind of easy to feel like we are in God's presence during that song, wasn't it? It's a beautiful song, right? Worship team killed it. It sounded amazing. The, The whole song set really was um, just amazing. We, we were talking about it after first service, how good the music was, and man, it really did. It feels like it ushered us right into God's presence this morning because you've got the music and the band sounds so good, and you've got the lights dim and the cool lights up here on the stage, and everyone's singing. Man, I could hear all your voices. Everyone, You guys sounded beautiful, by the way. Everyone <laughs> sounded good. Um, it, it was easy to feel like we were in God's presence right now, but... It's not always like that, is it? It's not always like that. It's not always where we're in the middle of a church service. Sometimes things can be pretty hard. Sometimes things can be difficult. And it's hard to feel like you're in God's presence. But we learned last week, God is omnipresent. He's with us all the time. So why does it sometimes feel like he's not there? Like for, I'll I'll give you an example. So yesterday, uh, me and my wife, Jessica, we had like an impromptu work day at the house. We, We cleaned out the garage. We removed a bunch of bushes with my father-in-law. We, we were just all over the house doing yard work. Um, and what I mean by impromptu is this. We got home from, we went to breakfast together, went and picked up our kids from uh, my in-law's house. And we got back to the house at about 1230. And for some reason, I was like, oh, I'm just going to go out in the garage. And I started picking stuff up. I kid you not, we were out there from about 1230 until 9 o'clock at night. Like, we, we didn't even, like, cooking wasn't even a thing. We just put some frozen pizzas in the oven, <laughs> waited for those things to get done, ate, and then went right back outside. Like, we were just working nonstop at the house. Um, and I don't know why I did this. Like I said, it was impromptu, so I didn't, I didn't really think this out, like, at all. Um, I worked that entire time, 1230 to 9 o'clock at night, no shoes, barefoot, I have no idea why. I guess I just kind of thought, oh, I'll only be out here for a little bit. And that little bit turned into an hour. And that hour turned into a couple hours. And before I knew it, it's 9 o'clock at night. I kid you not, whenever I was walking inside after like the adrenaline of working outside and getting all this stuff done and feeling so accomplished, after that wore off, I was walking like someone had just beaten the bottom of my feet with an aluminum baseball bat for an hour. I'm like just treading across the house. It hurt so stinking bad, right? So that's going on. Um, the, the kids, they're, they're getting frustrated because we're not inside with them. We've got three kids, seven, five, and one-year-old. They're frustrated because, like, the coolness of being outside and doing all this stuff, that wore off after, like, hour one and a half. <laughs> like, they're, they're done. They want to go inside. They want to do other stuff. They're not wanting to, like, help mom and dad clean up. So they're getting frustrated. They're like, when are we doing this? Can we go do this? Can we do this? We're like, no, no, we're getting stuff done. Just hold on. So that's a whole thing. It was kind of getting hot out. So we're getting all sweaty yesterday too. There was just all of these different things going on. And, and what I want to say is what scripture will say 
is that God is omnipresent. He's with us all the time. There's no place that we can go to escape God's presence. And so what that means is God was as with me yesterday in that moment as he was just a few seconds ago when we were singing here in the presence of the Lord, right? Didn't feel like I was in God's presence yesterday, though, <laughs> right? It didn't feel like it. Um, like today we're, we're singing Mercy is falling, falling. Well, yesterday my feet were killing, killing. And I didn't feel like, oh, this is great and God's doing some wonderful things. There was a pretty big disconnect in how I felt and how close God felt yesterday, right? Now, we're going to be studying in Romans chapter 7 today. So if you have your Bible, you can go ahead and open it up. While you do that, while you're finding it, I want to tell you something that I have noticed, and I want to see if you've noticed this too. I have noticed there is a disconnect There is a disconnect in life. There's a disconnect between what I experienced here during our worship set and what I experienced yesterday during my work day. There is a disconnect. And this is the disconnect that I see. And I want to know if you guys see it too. There is a disconnect between what God says about me and what I see in me. Only two people? It's like the rest of you are perfect, right? Like, no, what God says about you, you you feel it all the time. No, I'm perfect. I'm God's handiwork. I'm a masterpiece, and I feel like that all the time. Unless I'm mistaken, I would imagine a lot of you feel the same way, right? You're you're like, yeah, what what God says about me, what, what Scripture says about who I am in Christ, I see a very big disconnect between that and how I feel on a day to day basis. I don't know about you. I don't always feel like I'm God's handiwork. I don't always feel like I'm the light of the earth. I don't always feel like I'm God's masterpiece. I don't always feel that way. There is a disconnect. There's a gap, a very, very big gap a lot of times between what God says about me and what I see in me. I want to know online, if you're watching, do you feel that? Is anyone else there with me? You see this Disconnect. So last week, we we talked about God's identity. We kicked this series off uh, under new management. We talked about who God is because if we're going to talk about who we are, any conversation like that has to start with who God is, right? It just has to because teams take on the identity of their leader. We saw that with the Cleveland Browns, right, with Freddie Kitchens. They took on his identity, and that was a bad thing. Last year, they took on the new coach's identity, Kevin Stefanski. It's a good thing that happens. And so we have to know who our leader is, God, because we are going to take on his identity. If we want to know who we are and who we're supposed to be, we have to know who God is. And we we talked about him. We we had the coat up here, right? We were putting names up on it with God's different attributes, things like he's, he's holy and he's love and he's king and he's a judge and he's merciful and he's gracious, all, all these different things, all of God's attributes. And one of the key points that we talked about was that if I want to know who I am, This is the fact. I'm never more myself. I'm never more who I'm created to be than when I'm more like God, right? Like I'm never more myself than when I'm more like God. And that right there is why you feel great whenever you forgive somebody. And it feels like, man, that was what I was supposed to do. That's what I was created to do. There's something inside of you that says yes whenever you do that. There's something inside of you that goes, that's it. That's it. Whenever you give of yourself sacrificially without expecting anything in return. It's because that's who you were created to be. You, You at a soul 
core level are going, yes, that is what I am designed to be. I'm supposed to be like my father. We're never more ourselves than when we're more like God. But therein lies the rub. Because if you were tracking along with that at all last week and you hear me say you're never more yourself than when you're more like God, you probably think to yourself, wow, I really don't feel like God too often, (laughs) right? I really don't feel like I'm hitting it that much. So if I'm never more myself than when I'm more like God, I'm never really myself because I, I so often do not live up to where I should be. I'm so often falling short of where I should be at. We have a thing on our church staff uh, we call it birthday blessings. Every time it's someone's birthday, uh, the staff, we, we write like a little paragraph about the person whose birthday it is and just tell them something that we've appreciated or noticed about them the last year, something that we've loved about them that is good. So we'll, we'll comment on their work ethic or, you know, the way they are with the kids, if they work in the kids area or the way that they uh, handle uh, tense situations. We just say all these things to kind of like say, hey, look, I noticed this and I see that this is something that you're so good at and I'm so grateful for you in this way. And it's funny, almost every time we read these things, every time we share them, the person who is being talked about can't make eye contact with the people around the table, right? They're like, Hmm, right? And part of it is like the awkwardness of someone's talking about you. Part of it is the awkwardness of like, oh, yeah, I don't know. There's just a little bit of an awkwardness about it. But some of it, and I'm going to speak on behalf of the staff here, some of it, I know for me, whenever I'm avoiding eye contact, I'm avoiding eye contact because I'm like, man, those are such nice things, and I don't really feel like they're super true about me. (laughs) Like sometimes I hear things and I'm like, ugh. Man, you guys are really building me up. Whoo, wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you're saying I'm, I'm really patient? Man, I don't feel like I'm that patient. You guys are saying I'm very sacrificial. Man, I don't feel like I'm that sacrificial all the time. Like you're saying all these awesome things, but I got to be honest, I don't really feel it all the time. There is a disconnect, a disconnect between what people say about me, what God says about me, and what I see in myself. And I got to tell you, that's why I love the Apostle Paul, the, the piece of scripture I told you to go to today, Romans 7. I love the Apostle Paul because this dude is relatable. He's relatable. If you ever read scripture and you feel like these people are just titans of the faith and they're so unrelatable because they just seem like they do everything perfect, read the letters of the Apostle Paul because this guy is real. I want to read to you today probably the most relatable scripture you'll ever hear in your life. This is from the book of Romans. This is Paul's letter to the church in the city of Rome. This is what he says in chapter 7, starting in verse 14. We know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. And then here it is, verse 15. I do not understand what I do. Can I get an amen? <laughs> From anyone who's like, that's my life verse. Like, I need that tattooed on my arm, Romans seven fifteen. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do, but I hate what I do. That's relatable. That's relatable. The things that I know that at the core level of me, I know I should want to do that are good, that will lead to a fulfilling life, Man, so often I just don't want to do them. And the things that I I hate, the things that I I look back on and I hate about myself, those are the things that for some reason come so naturally. Skip down to verse 21. He says, so I find this law at work. 
Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law at sin at work within me. And then he sums it up in this way, verse 24, what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Can you relate? Can you relate? I don't know what I'm doing. The stuff that I know will bring me happiness, I don't do it. And the stuff that I know will lead to a life that will have despair and regret and dysfunction, I do those things. What in the world is going on? There is this gigantic disconnect. You see, what we talked about last week, God's identity, that was an easy sermon to listen to, wasn't it? I had people come up, man, that was one of your best ones yet. Right, because it's something we all agree on. <laughs> God is great, God is good, amen. Like, we all agree on that. That's an easy sermon to hear because we're talking about God and how amazing he is and how fantastic he is. This week though, talking about you and how your God, if you are in Jesus, you're God's masterpiece, you're God's handiwork, you're, you're complete, he's going to make you perfect. You hear those things and you're going, me, <laughs> me? My boss, my what? Like really? Like you're gonna, he's gonna do that to my boss, who you know is a Christian but drives me nuts. It's a little bit harder to believe, isn't it? You see, it's easy to believe what God says about Himself. It is hard to believe what God says about you. It's hard to believe what God says about me. Case in point, John eight twelve. You know what Jesus says? Jesus says, "I am the light of the world." And to that, I think we could all say, "Amen." Jesus is the light of the world. When we see him, we see perfection. When we see Jesus, every area of the world that he infiltrates, light comes with him. He is the light of the world. But guess what else Jesus says? Matthew 5, 14. You are the light of the world. You. <laughs> you. You are the light of the world. If you follow him, if you follow Jesus, Jesus says, hey, yeah, I'm the light of the world. So are you, you are the light of the world. That one's a little bit harder to say amen to. I mean, am, I, am I wrong? Is anyone feeling particularly lighty today? Your hair is on point. You're like, I don't know. I kind of am the light of the world today. Like <laughs> my outfit looks good. I'm feeling good. Got some caffeine in me, right? Unless that's you, most of us are like, yeah, no, I don't really, I don't really feel that a lot. I have some good days, I have some good moments, but man, I'm the light of the world. Like, there's a disconnect. There's a disconnect. There is a gap between what God says about me and what I see in myself. And if you're not aware of what God says about you, let me, let me just read some of these off real quick. This is a Freedom in Christ bookmark. We've got these things there at the Welcome Center. These are really cool. This tells you about your identity in Jesus. A lot of the stuff that we're hitting in this series is gonna be on here. Let me just read you some of the things that Scripture says about you. And if Scripture says it, that means God says it. This is what God says about you if you are in Christ. This is who you are. You are God's child. You're Jesus' friend. You have been justified. And what that means is if you've trusted in Jesus, you have been made just as if you've never sinned. That's what it means to be justified. You are united with the Lord. You were bought at a price and you belong to God. You are a saint. <laughs> You've been adopted as God's child. You have access to God through the Holy Spirit. You have been redeemed and forgiven. You are complete. 
In Christ, you are free forever from any condemnation. You are assured that all works will work together for your good. You are free of any charge against you. You are hidden with Christ and God. You are confident that the good work God started in you will be perfected. You are a citizen of heaven. You have not been given a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. You can have grace and mercy in your time of need. You are born of God, and the evil one cannot touch you. That's who you are. If you are in Jesus, that's who you are. But if, I, if, I'm gonna, if I can be real with you, and I'm going to say that a lot today because this is kind of a vulnerable sermon. If I can be real with you, so many of these things feel like, yeah, that's not me. That's you. <laughs> like, th- these are awesome things. These can't be true about me. <laughs> God, these, these are describing you, but this ain't describing Jacob Young. Maybe sometimes, maybe in, in the fleeting moments, these could be descriptors of me, but in general, no, 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 God, it's not me, it's you. I don't really feel like I'm under new management sometimes. I feel like the old manager still got my number. He still knows where my goat is tied. Because again, if I can be real, and maybe, maybe I'm the only one, maybe the pastor is the greatest sinner in this place, but if I can be real, it's hard for me to believe these things because so often I seem to love God so little and sin so much. Can we be real in here today? Is that all right? Can we be real in here? Everybody online, can we be real? That's where I'm at. So often I can seem to, in the grand scheme of things, love God so little, trust God so little, and man, love sin so much. Love the things that I know won't take me anywhere but regret so much. I know a lot of you are like, man, I didn't know we were having Debbie Downer as a guest speaker today at Cornerstone. I would have stayed home. I would have caught this online and switched over to a different feed at about this point, right? Uh, If you're thinking that, this is what I want to let you know. What we're talking about so far, this isn't depressing. This is real. This is real. And we're a real church. We, I want to I break some assumptions today. Everybody who was up here on stage today, me included, pastor included, we had drum, we had acoustic, we had Pastor Brenda up here, we had guitar, we had some singers up here. Every single person up here sins. <gasps> right? Shocking, right? Including me. This is a real church. If we can't be real here, my God, where can we be? And so it is very hard for people who sin, including people here at the church, people who still mess up, people who still make mistakes, it can be very hard to believe this stuff. It can be very hard to believe that I'm God's handiwork and I'm God's masterpiece and I am holy (laughs) and I've been made righteous. That can be very hard to believe because there is a disconnect. And it can feel like it's growing. And as I was thinking about it, and as I'm studying on it and praying on it and asking God, like, because I want to let you know, whenever I preach on these things, this is stuff that God's working on in my own heart. This isn't just me being like, oh, this would be something that the church needs to hear. This is stuff I need to hear, and I hope it connects with you too. (laughs) Because God's speaking this stuff to me, and he's preaching it to me a lot. But whenever I think about this, I'm like, man, what's what's the core of this disconnect? What's the, like, 
the main reason I feel this disconnect between what God says about me and who I am. And as I thought about it and studied on it, I'm like, you know what? I, th- I think the core of that disconnect, who God says I am and what I see in myself, I think the core root of it is I believe I don't have what I should have to be who I should be. That's where I'm at. I can't speak for you. Everybody watching online, I can't speak for you. But for me, I feel like, you know what? The disconnect between who God says I am and who I actually am, I feel like it's because if I only had what I should have to be who I'm supposed to be, then we'd be good. If I just had access to a, <laughs> a better study Bible or better worship music or, 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 or better mentors or a better accountability group or a better Bible study or better church, then I would be where I'm supposed to be. Then everything would be great. Then I would be living more up to that ideal. That's where I'm at a lot. That's where the core of my disconnect is. I feel like, you know what? God hasn't equipped me with everything I need to be who I'm supposed to be that has to be what it is because there is such a disconnect, such a gap between who he says I am and how I feel about myself. Again, let me read you what Paul says. Romans 7, 21 through 23, he says, I find this law at work, although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. See, it feels like I'm being torn and there's a, there's a battle going on inside me and I just don't have what I need to win it. And so that's why I see this big disconnect because a lot of us, a lot of us, what we thought is that the moment that we gave our life to Jesus, suddenly all of our desires for our old life would go away, right? That's where a lot of us were at. A lot of us thought, you know what, as soon as I start following Jesus, that temptation I always had to lie, to get myself out of stuff, to be able to ask for forgiveness rather than permission, that'll go away. And it did on the Sunday that you got saved, then Monday came. (laughs) And suddenly you had that temptation to tell that little lie at work to cover your butt. Yeah, I didn't get it in, and the reason I didn't get my project in was because of this, but I'm gonna tell them it was because of this. There we go. Just save my butt real quick. That desire didn't go away instantly, right? Some of us, we come to Jesus on Sunday and we think that our desire for just casual sex, just partner after partner is just going to go away. And then Monday comes and Tuesday comes and we realize, oh, I still enjoy sex. Hmm. Guess the desire didn't go away. <laughs> the way that we abuse alcohol, the way that we just drink ourselves to, to a point of no return, we think that suddenly it's not going to taste good anymore. <laughs> suddenly we won't like that feeling. Now, I'm not saying God can't do miracles and take that away in a moment, but that's why it's called a miracle because that's out of the norm. The norm is those desires stay. And so it feels frustrating. That's where that disconnect comes in. How can I be God's handiwork if I'm still desiring these things? How can I be holy if I'm still wanting these things, if I'm still battling? I thought I would have no desire to sin, and that's just not how it is. You see, when you accept Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior, Jesus doesn't erase you. He doesn't turn you into a mindless automaton where you're just doing whatever he says. And he says, oh, yes, I will worship and serve him all day, and I will sing worship songs, and that's all I'll do all day long and read scripture and attend Bible studies. God doesn't do that. Jesus doesn't erase you. What he does is he empowers you. 
He empowers you. He doesn't erase who you are and make you a robot. He says, no, I'm going to empower you to actually be able to make different decisions. I'm going to empower you to start walking by the Spirit rather than walking by the flesh than just giving in to what sin tells you to do. Listen to Paul's response. Paul says, man, this is what I'm doing. I I hate what I do and the stuff that I should be doing, I don't do. Who's going to save me? I'm such a wretched man. Who's going to save me from this life of death? Here's his answer. Verse 25 of uh, Romans 7, thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. That is his deliverance. That's his deliverance. That's that's the answer. Paul's saying, hey, how how am I going to get out of this? How am I going to bridge this gap? How am I going to fix this disconnect between who God says I am and what I see in myself? Jesus. Jesus, he has bridged the gap. He has fixed things and made it where I can have a connection with God again. You see, we are under new management. We're not under mind control. (laughs) We, We still need to be managed. Jesus is managing us. He didn't wipe our minds and we just follow him blindly. Those desires are still there. But through Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can manage them. We can manage them and we can make better choices and follow him more closely. So that's why you still struggle. That's why you still struggle. That's why that disconnect is there. The cross doesn't erase the disconnect. What it does is it repairs it. (laughs) The cross repairs it. This disconnect between who God says we are and who we see in ourselves. the cross repairs it. Romans 8, this is the very next chapter and the very next verse is what it says. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit that gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us. You see, what Jesus has done, he came and he defeated sin and death and he has given us the power. He has empowered us to start making different choices. But let me tell you, it's a process. It's a process. If you're a new Christian today, I wanna let you know, do not get discouraged. It's a process. It's a process. Don't feel like all your desires are gonna go away instantly. They don't. Things don't work like that. It is a process. Repairing the connection is a process. It takes time to build back a connection. You know, here at the church building, we're actually installing new uh, internet here. Our internet has been terrible, just real spotty, not very fast. Um, I mean, we're trying to stream online, so it needs to be a pretty good quality uh, internet connection. And so what we've been doing, we've, we've been in contact with Spectrum um, and they're getting ready to run like fiber optic cable here, which is like the fastest it can be. Like this stuff is going to be quick. Like it'll open a web page before you even click a button. You're just thinking about it, it'll open a web page. It's, it's that fast, right? It's fast internet. Um, but guess what? We still don't have it. We started this process weeks ago. But if you want a good connection, you want a really good internet connection, it doesn't happen overnight. It's a process. They've had to send in contractors, they send in a construction crew to see where's the best place for us to tap in to the pre-existing fiber optic line. Like it's a whole process and it's taking time because a solid connection is a process. A solid connection takes time. It's not an instantaneous thing. Now on one hand, 
It is an instant. On one hand, the moment that you f- decide to follow Jesus, you are made new. You're a new creature. You're, you're not condemned to death anymore in the way that you were apart from Jesus. So yes, that happens in a moment, but having your desires transformed, becoming sanctified, acting and talking more like Jesus, that is a process and it takes time. Now, I want to let you know what the enemy wants you to believe, what the devil wants you to believe, what your accuser wants you to believe is that that connection repairing it is impossible. That that disconnect between who God says you are and what you see in yourself, the enemy wants you to believe those two will never meet, ever. There will always be this gigantic disconnect. You will never live up to what God says about you. You, You'll never hit it, so why even bother? That's what he wants you to believe because if you believe that, you will think, why bother? If, if you do think that, man, who God says I am and what I see in myself, if you think that those will never meet, then why even try? Why even try to follow in the spirit? Why even try to follow Christ's example if you know you will never, ever, ever, ever make it? The enemy wants you to be paralyzed, to backslide, to hate the process, to think the process won't lead anywhere wants you to believe that the disconnect is eternally inevitable. Essentially, it wants you to believe that your spiritual condition is Route 8, eternally under construction. (laughs) It's always going to be cones, always going to be traffic, always going to be frustrating, so why even bother taking it, right? We went to the Summit County Fair this past week, and we took every back road we could to avoid Route 8. Like, it was like a 35-minute drive, and we're like, it's fine. As long as we avoid Route 8, it's okay. That's what the enemy wants you to do when it comes to your spiritual condition. Just avoid it. It's, it's pointless. Why even try to change anything? Your disconnect from who God says you are is eternally inevitable. And it can feel that way, and it can be paralyzing, but it's a process, I can't say it enough. It is a process connecting to who you are supposed to be repairing that disconnect. It is a process. Connection takes time. So do not, man, hear me. This, this is it. Do not be discouraged by the disconnect that you feel. I want to see a show of hands. This is a middle school dance, okay? It goes a lot better if you just participate. If you feel like there is a disconnect between who God says you are and who you feel like you are, just shoot that hand up. Yeah, see, you, you're not alone. Online, I want to see it too. You're not alone. We're, the, we're all there. And what I want you to know today is don't be discouraged by that disconnect. Don't feel like, oh, man, well, this is who God says I am. This is who I feel like, and it's just not there, and it's just this. Don't feel discouraged. You know when you should be discouraged? You know when you should be worried? It's whenever you aren't discouraged by the disconnect. That's when you should be afraid. Pastor Brenda will tell you she's counseled so many married couples. When couples come in and during the conversation that's kind of heated and they're kind of going at each other's throats a little bit, I mean, that's bad, right? You, you, want every, you want people to be good, but sometimes conflict is necessary. And she'll tell you when there's that passion, when there's that frustration, it's still a good sign. Because that means these people care. They care about each other. They care about the situation. They care. The biggest warning sign any counselor will tell you is if a married couple comes in and both of them seem like they could care less, just apathetic. Do you guys want to save this marriage? I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know if it's worth it. 
Yeah, that's me too. I mean, it just feels like we've just completely gone our separate ways. I just, I don't know anymore. That is when the sirens go off. That's whenever you're like, whoa, we are, we're right at the precipice of this thing going past the point of no return. That's when you should be discouraged. That's when you should be worried. Not whenever you're frustrated about the disconnect, but if you feel there's a disconnect and you could care less. That's when it's time to go, whoa, God, I need you to change me. I need you to do something in my heart because I am completely sinning against you and I don't care. I don't care. So if you feel a disconnect today, if you're like, man, this is who I'm supposed to be and this is, this is what I see in myself and it's frustrating, don't be discouraged by that disconnect. That's a good thing. It's a good thing that you're discouraged by the disconnect because that means that you know that that you is not you anymore. You follow me? That's why you're discouraged. That's why you're frustrated because you're like, man, that, that, that person who's making those stupid decisions, that's not who I'm supposed to be. That's not who I'm supposed to be. Me and Jessica, uh, my wife, we were outside the other day uh, just shooting hoops. She was getting on my nerves so bad <laughs> because we're outside shooting and I, like, I'll just be real. I'm, I'm a really good basketball player. I played all throughout. I played ever since I was like in kindergarten. Really good basketball player. Got a really good uh, shot. For some reason, I couldn't hit a shot. I couldn't buy a bucket. It was driving me nuts. And Jessica was relishing in it. She's just messing with me. Like every time that I'm missing, she's like, oh, not feeling it today. I'm like, give me the ball. Give me the ball right now. So I'm like, I'm starting to sweat. I'm like, come on, let's, let's go. I'm trying to get shots up and it's banking off. And she's like, oh, tomorrow. You'll probably get it better tomorrow. I'm, I'm losing it. I'm about to flip, right? <laughs> like I'm like, oh. And the whole reason, the whole reason I was frustrated is because I knew that wasn't me. I'm like, I, I hit these shots like nine times out of 10. Like, th this isn't me. That's why it was so frustrating because I knew I'm better than that. And when you feel that disconnect and you're frustrated about it, you're frustrated that you didn't stand up for that person when you knew you should have. You're frustrated whenever you told that white lie at work and you're like, man, why did I do that? Why didn't I just own up to it? When you get frustrated over those things, don't be discouraged by that disconnect. That is a good thing. That's a good thing. That is called conviction. That's the Holy Spirit working on your heart saying, hey, that's not who you're meant to be. That's not who you really are. You're better than that. So don't be discouraged when you feel the disconnect. That is the Holy Spirit at work in your heart. That's God's grace at work in your heart. Because a lot, a lot of times we think God's grace just covers our sin. It doesn't just do that. God's grace covers our sin, but it also changes us. It works to change us, to make us into better people. Man, I look around this room, I see faces, and I'm going, man, God has done something in your life and in your life and in yours. I see marriages in this room that have been saved, addictions that have been broken, dysfunctions that have pretty much disappeared because of God's grace. Because of someone saying, this is who God says I am. This is what I see in me. But you know what? I'm believing this. I'm choosing to believe this. And I'm working towards that. And as they do, God's grace gives them power. And they get there. And their marriage has been saved. And that addiction has been broken. That's amazing. And it's God's grace at work. That's the Holy Spirit at work. And he's at work in our church. He's at work in anyone who allows him to work in their life. So when you feel that disconnect, when you feel that disconnect between who you are and, and who God says you are, I want to let you know you don't need to look for anything new. You don't need to try to get anything new. All you have got to do is access what you already have. You already have everything you need to be the person God created you to be. 
You don't need a better Bible study. You don't need, well, what more can the church offer me for me to become who I need to be? You have it already. You don't need another Bible study, a better study Bible, a better accountability group, a better worship team. You don't need a better, well, if I go to this church, then I'll really grow. They'll feed me there. No, you have everything you need right now to be who God created you to be. You have access to it. Listen again, this is what Paul says. Absolutely, therefore, there is now no condemnation. When? Now. Now. Not off in the future somewhere. One of these days you won't be a screw-up anymore. Awesome. (laughs) One of these days you won't be dysfunctional and ruin relationships anymore. One of these days. He's saying, no, now there's no condemnation. Now sin has lost its grip on you. Now you can be a different person. Those aren't off in the future. Those are for here and now. Those are for here and now. We have everything we need to be who God created us to be. We just have to actually access it. Man, this is years ago. uh, LeBron's first year of his second stint with the Cavs. Uh, The Cavs were in a playoff series against the Bulls. Bulls were really good that year. Uh, uh, Joachim Noah and Derrick Rose, they they were really good. They were going to be a tough battle for the Cavs. And the series was tied 1-1. They were playing in Chicago. The Bulls are up with like 0.8 seconds to go, right? Bulls are up. The Cavs have the ball. We're down one, I think. We call a timeout. It's, it's just a crazy game. The game had been back and forth pretty much the whole time. And get this, the game was on Mother's Day. Wor- worst day to have a game because like you're just expected, let's not watch the game, let's spend time with mother and let's enjoy mother and like just bask in her presence while this game's going on. So what we were doing for Mother's Day, we were going out with my in-laws to Texas Roadhouse. We lived in Middleburg Heights. We're going to the one in Stowe, so it's a drive. So we have to leave at like the end of the third quarter when this game is tight and it's it's 1-1 series. Whoever wins game three wins the series like 70-something percent of the time. So this is it. I'm like, oh my gosh. And so we're driving. I'm listening to this on the radio, which is just awful. Some people are like, oh, it's better on the, no, it's not. It's awful. (laughs) You you miss everything. I want to be sitting on my couch at home watching it on HD. Like that's what I want. So we're driving, I'm listening to this, I'm living and dying with every shot and every call, and it's terrible because there's that delay where shots up, and it's good. You're like, oh my gosh, right? And so it's, it's crazy. I'm about to wreck us a bunch of different times as we're driving, um, and I'm thinking to myself this whole time, man, my in-laws, Jimmy and Sandy, both of them, even Sandy, they're big Cavs fans. I'm kind of surprised that we didn't like push this off, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, or push it the dinner back later into the day, but we're like going right in the middle of game time, but whatever, I'm, I'm not gonna be the guy who's like, no, we're not going to my mother-in-law's di- Mother's Day dinner so I can sit at home and watch the Cavs game. So we drive, and as we're getting close, it's, again, it's, it's that situation. It Cavs down 1.8 seconds to go. We have the ball out of bounds under our basket. They throw the inbound pass. LeBron catches it, and as he catches it, all in one move, turns, fades away, puts up the shot, and you hear it on the radio, shot's up. It's good, it's good, Cavs win. I mean, I'm, I'm losing my mind. I'm about to have a heart attack on the road. Like, this is crazy. So cool. We pull over, like, oh, my gosh, that was amazing. That was so good. And so we're, we're amped. We, we pull into the parking lot just as the game's ending. We pull in. Jessica gets her phone uh, out to get ready to text Sandy to let her know, hey, we just got here. As she pulls her phone out, she has a text from her mom. The text says, hey, sweetie, no need to leave early. We're going to go to dinner later so we can all finish watching this Cavs game. 
about lost my mind. <laughs> I'm like, we're sitting there just in silence. Like, so we, we could have been home because we looked at the time of the text. Like, if we would have read that the moment that we got it, we wouldn't have even left our house yet. Like, we would have been home. And so me and Jessica just kind of sit there for a little bit like, well, I guess we go put our name in. <laughs> we just walk inside, put our name in. We're kind of quiet for a little bit, right? Because it's just so depressing because we realized we had everything we needed to enjoy that game. Everything. We had the couch. <laughs> we had the HDTV. We had everything set up. We had the okay from Sandy, my mother-in-law saying, hey, don't come. No one's coming yet. Stay home. We had everything we needed, but we didn't realize it. We had no clue that Sandy had empowered us to stay home and watch this game. And because of that, we missed it. You see where I'm going with this? So many of us see this disconnect between who God says we are and what we see in ourselves, and we're like, man, God, if you would just bring me someone into my life who will be a better mentor, bring me a better group, bring me a better church, bring me more worship music that will inspire me, bring, bring something into my life that will do this for me. And God's saying, are you kidding me? I, I've given you me. I've given you my son. Like you have, Jesus, what a wretched man you are. Who's gonna save me? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. You have it already. Like you already have it. You don't need to wait around for me to give you anything else. You have everything you need to be exactly who I made you to be right now. You have access to it. You just gotta realize it. You gotta use it. I have empowered you, you have everything you need. So if you are following Jesus, I want to let you know whether it feels like it or not, you are under new management. You are. You, you are under new management right now. It may not feel like it in the moment, but you are under new management. So don't let that disconnect discourage you. Don't let it discourage you. Whenever you feel like, man, I'm just, I'm messing up and I'm, I'm sinning and man, what, what in the world? Let that conviction push you back where you should be. Don't let it discourage you though. Don't let the disconnection discourage you because everything you need is in the cross of Christ. So again, as we close, I want to one more time, just one more time, I want to read through these real quick. I'm going to ask if you would to go ahead and close your eyes as I get ready to read through these. And what, what I want you to do is as you hear these words, let the words that God speaks about you become more real than the lies you or the enemy tell about yourself. This is what God says about you. You are his child. You are his friend. You've been justified. You are a saint. You have been adopted as God's child. You have access to God through the Holy Spirit. You have been redeemed and forgiven. You are complete in Christ. You're free forever from any condemnation. You are sure that all things will work together for your good. You are free from any charge against you. You cannot be separated from the love of God. You are established and you are anointed. You are hidden with Christ and God. You can be confident that the good work God has begun in you will be perfected. You are a citizen of heaven. You've not been given a spirit of fear, but you've been given a spirit of power, a spirit of love, a spirit of a sound mind. You can find grace and mercy in your time of need. You have been born of God and the evil one, the accuser, cannot touch you. You are the salt and the light of the earth. You are a branch of the true vine of Jesus. 
You have been chosen and appointed to bear fruit. You are a personal witness of the power of Christ. You are God's temple. You are a minister of reconciliation for God. You are God's coworker. You are seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. You are God's workmanship. You can approach God with freedom, boldness, and confidence, and you can do all things as Christ pours his strength in you. Father, God, thank you for the truth of what you say about us. It doesn't matter if we don't feel it. We know it's true. We know your word goes out and it never returns void. So what you say about us is real, even if we don't feel it. So God, in those moments when that disconnect seems so wide and it seems like it's growing every single day, help us to not be discouraged by the disconnect, but for it to remind us that, you know what? The reason I feel this way is because I know I was made for something better. And allow that to push us closer to you, closer to what you had in mind for us, to the purpose that you've put out there for us for the will that you've created for us to live out throughout our life. God, help us to see ourselves as you see us, as your workmanship, as your masterpiece, as your children. And then God, help us to see you as our father, that we would imitate you in all that we do so we would look and sound and be more like your son, Jesus. Thank you for being good on your word. Father, we know that as we do these things, you will see them through. That he who started a good work in us will be faithful to complete it. We love you, Father. We thank you for all that you do for us. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Well, that's all for this week. Thanks again for joining us. If you'd like to contact us or find out more about our ministry, head over to our website at cornerstonechurch.info. Have a great week.